You may have seen him on his skateboard. You may have seen him on TV. You may have even seen him climbing the shelves in his local supermarket or sitting on an aeroplane with all that extra leg room. He's best known for his work on stage, inspiring and motivating to the world and all it has to offer. Well, now you can hear him, JC, on his very own show, John Kudis. Instead of JC being interviewed, he's doing the interviewing. And the people lined up to have a chat with John Kudis are some of Australia's and the planet's most well-known celebrities, politicians and everyday people. Enjoy. Welcome to JC's Rolling Success podcast show. Sitting with me today after a very long day on the boat is not only one of Australia's greatest fishermen, but in his day he was a sensational rugby league player. He played for Cronulla, New South Wales, also played for Australia, centre fullback winger, the one and only Andrew Eddinghausen, ET, how are you, champion? Great to be here, JC. <laughs> we did have a long day, mate. Oh, shit, wasn't it? What? It was just went on forever and ever and ever. I wish it was more like a day yesterday <laughs> where you guys did a lot better than what we did. But uh, it, look, it, that's fishing, though, isn't it, mate? It sure is, that's yeah. Bloody Some days it turns on, other days it's real tough. Mate, absolutely. A bit like life. 100%, yeah. Some days it turns on, some days it's a bit tough. Yeah, but it's uh, it was good to be a, good to be alive today on the water out there. Oh, but wasn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, except for when you uh, almost nosedived out of the boat, I hear. That's right. Yeah, we we had a bit of a dodgy, a bit of a dodgy uh, driver. <laughs> <laughs> we better not go there. No, that's go for, there. That's for another go. day. That's for another day. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, thank you for sitting down with me, mate. I, I've got a couple of questions for you. I mean, some of the the, the people listening to this show might not have realised. Just how good of a rugby league player you were. I mean, you played, including your stint in Leeds, we played about 40-odd games over there. So you would have racked up almost 370 first-grade games in your career, scored a shitload of tries. I don't think you kicked any goals, did you? One. One goal. <laughs> anyway, that's more than me, mate, let me tell you. <laughs> so tell me, I want to ask you, do you remember your very first pair of football boots? First pair of footy boots, yeah, they were too big for me, and and uh, mum and dad bought them, bought them so that I could wear them for a few years in a, in a row. So you know, I had about I don't know a good inch, oh, God. a good inch over the toe, and they put that cotton wool all the way up the front, <laughs> so I could run in them. So you grew into your boots. Well, I grew into my boots. I had them for about three seasons. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the way things. Worked back then. Wow, that's fantastic, mate. How old were you when you had those? Oh, about six. Six yeah, years so six, old. seven and eight, I suppose. I, I wore the same pair of shoes. Oh, <laughs> same pair of boots. All right, so what about your first fishing rod? First fishing rod? Well, when I was a youngster, it was always hand lines. My grandparents oh, lived yeah. on a, on the central coast of New South Wales, so they had a tidal waterfront. Yep. So pretty much for me, I had a be- one of those cane baskets, which I'd got for, as a Christmas present, and inside were just... Uh, corks with hand line on them, you know, normally about probably six to eight pound, a whole pile of sinkers, some good brim, good whiting hooks. Yep. And, uh, but did yeah. you know what those hooks were for back in those days? I did because I, I was just always out in the boat with my grandparents yep. and, and, with, and with my dad and my uncles and my cousins. And in the end, we grew up there with a whole bunch of cousins all through every holidays. We had uh, the boathouse and it... Um, 
you know, basically had six cousins in there all around the same age as me and we'd go out and drag the tinny across the mud flats at 6am in the morning yeah, and, and row out to our fishing spots. We'd, you know, prawn all night and uh, scoop up all the all the prawns for bait so we'd have them in a hessian bag with weed so they'd stay, stay alive, alive. Yeah, and wow. we'd get the odd mud crab at night as well so yeah no we we lived a pretty good life how many yabbies heaps well it wasn't that sort of yabby it was a green nipper okay and so we used to actually have to bog in the mud so you'd get your legs and you'd go up and down in uh-huh, one I'm spot. Out, bogging in the mud and your legs that's it i'm all yeah, right yeah you'd be you'd be a, a watcher <laughs> you'd, be you'd be watching on this one but you you tread up and down and these green nippers come up they're about i don't know an inch to two inches long right and fantastic baits for uh, for brim whiting. You'd you'd flick them up on the on the. Um, my dad used to show me this uh, this technique where he he'd just use it unweighted and he'd throw the the line across to his left as the tide was roaring in and it just it'd take it in a big loop out the front. And normally by the time it sort of got out the front there, it had travelled a fair way and a, and a whiting had picked it up or a brim. So wow. Yeah, we used to fish a lot of the oyster leases and stuff like that. On the so, central coast? Yeah, on the central coast. So that was great. You know, we'd um, And then I reckon my first rod, honestly, was one of those like $10 rods. And you could almost bend them in half. It had a tiny little reel on it. But I was only a youngster, you know, only a young, a young kid. So it yep. was, uh, you know, perfect for me. And I'd, I'd hook these brim uh, near the oyster leases. And gosh, they'd come flying all the way back underneath the boat and hide underneath the racks. But yeah, uh, wow. yeah, you used to get them out. It was, it was good fun. Isn't that funny, the things you remember? Like my very first fish that I ever caught was at Southwest Rocks on the McClay River, on, yeah. on the Great Wall. Good part of the world. Absolutely. And it was a flathead, believe it or not. And I thought it was ginormous. It nearly pulled me in the river, fishing off the wall. It was only bloody a foot long, you know, but geez, I was... And for me, fishing with my dad, learning the techniques and learning how to fish, uh, is where I got the love of it, you yeah. know. And it sounds like you got that from your dad and also your grandparents and that as yeah. well as plenty of time on the Central Coast. And yeah. So you, you didn't grow up on the Central Coast. You grew up where? In, in the Cronulla area. In the Shire. Yeah, in the Shire. In the Shire. Down in the Shire, and I'm still there now. <laughs> yeah, in been the there a long time. Yeah, have been there a long time, mate, haven't you? So you yeah. haven't moved from the place. No, I haven't moved from the place. I'm sort of uh, 53 at the minute, so I've spent a lot of years there, and even, uh, you know, from uh, my mum and dad's house, I've probably, you know, moved five, not even five minutes, three minutes from their place, and wow. that's, that's where I live. My brother's... Probably three minutes from me. My two sisters are probably five minutes from so me. You're all so all close by, mate. Yeah, all close by. You're all bloody nesters, aren't you? It's not a, it's not a bad, not a bad neck of the woods. You got, you know, plenty of waterways and uh, yep. national parks and yep. beaches. So good for the girls. All the good too. stuff. Yeah, great. They have a lot of growing up down there, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those those nice places. Yeah, good. Now look, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have an electric skateboard being given to me from Evolve. You ever ride skateboards? Oh, as a kid, that's all I did. Yeah. Yep. So you, you know Tony Hawk, we're the same Yeah, oh yeah, no, Tony Hawk, he was a legend, yeah. But um, yeah, riding them on the road, like back in those days, you could ride on the road. Because, because there were no cars. There were no bloody cars, it was unreal. You'd just go out there and, you know, you'd do the catamaran sometimes with your mate and he'd have his board and you'd, you'd go flying down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, God, tore the bum out of a fair, fair few pair of shorts doing that, let me tell you, down the Big Dipper. But we had a lot of fun and that, you know, that, I don't know, I've always seen just on... Dark, I was still on the road there riding the skateboard. Yeah, well, but that was it back in those days, mate. You know, you'd 
soon as the sun was up, you're out the door and your parents would say, be home when the lights come on. Yeah, that's pretty you know? much how it was. Yeah, you, it doesn't happen these days. No, you to be... Kids are lucky to leave the damn house. That's right, you've got to be a bit more <laughs> careful out there. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what, there, there were bad people around when we were growing up, right? But yep. that, I don't think they were more prevalent as what they are now. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, the kids, they are obviously are exposed to a lot more stuff. Yeah. Um, but they also don't take a lot of risk like we did either when we were growing up. Yeah, well, we used to just wander. And, yeah, and the whole thing was, I mean, these days, everyone's con- contactable. You know, you've got your mobile phone in your right, hand mate. and you yeah. can take photos and you can share things and you can be chatting to people from all over the world. Yeah. But back then, if you if your phone didn't ring on a given day and you <laughs> rang your mate and he didn't answer, yeah. well, holy hell, you just, you know, you were yeah. by yourself for the day. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, life like that has changed so much. I mean, when we were kids... If you went over to your mate's house and you got into your trouble, your mate's parents would flog you and then you go and get another flogging. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that's how it was. Yeah, no, I, I, do, I do sort of look back and with fond memories on those days. Yeah, bloody oath, mate. Now, look, for me growing up, you know, I couldn't play rugby league. My dad coached rugby league. My brothers played. My sister played. Um, but, you know, and, and obviously I couldn't play. And... I, look, I did want to play. I did want to play with my brothers, right? It was just a realistic thing that I wanted to play with them. But it was never going to happen. But now I coach. I have my level two in rugby league for Awesome. Coaching. Wow. I, I do have a goal to coach in the NRL, whether it's an assistant coach or, or a head coach. Maybe well, then I'll be just a head. So wow. Hey, look, that, that, so, would be, that would be fantastic. Be, imagine a man with no legs coaching in the NRL, mate. I mean, you know what, you got, you, you're, you're so sharp, you're so switched on, you're obviously uh, love rugby league and you oh, know yeah. it backwards, Yeah. so there couldn't be a better person to, to, oh, thanks, to move into that, that role, because yeah. I reckon that would, that would be something that, you know, the whole team, the players, the club, everyone would really yeah. love to have you involved. Thanks, mate. That, coming from you, that, that's, that's a big wrap, I really appreciate that. But, you know, with my speaking that, that I do now... You know, I never thought of my wildest dreams that I would be able to travel the globe and inspire the people that I do inspire. I mean, every time I go on stage, ET, all I want to do is help one person. You know, whether there's 40 in the audience, 400, 4,000, 40,000, you know, if I can help one person, then it's been worthwhile for me, you know. But when I go on stage, I don't get nervous because everywhere I go, people are looking at me, right? So I don't get nervous, but the adrenaline pumps. What about you? What about when you were playing like rugby league? I mean, to me, the biggest stage for you would have been when you played for Australia, right? And then, of course, Origin. Origin's a huge stage. Then you've got your Sharkies, okay? Did you have a routine that you did every game before you went out, whether it was for, for the Sharks, for New South Wales, for Australia, or Leeds? I think uh, one of the things I always did do was look around the dressing room and just look at all the different players who I was fortunate to go out and run around with that that particular week. And some years at the Sharks, you know, we we didn't finish in the top eight, we you know, or top four. You know, we were right, you know, we were way down the list, but uh, it didn't seem to matter, you know. You sort of knew that... um, all you had to do then is, you know, try to inspire the other players around yep. and do the, and do the best you possibly could. Yeah. And you know that was one. You know, I had a lot of really good coaches, a lot of good people behind me over many many years. So, you know, I think uh, for me, you know, once I moved into playing State of Origin, you know, you'd look around the. You'd look around the, t- the 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 room, and everybody's sort of one of those dudes that you can't yeah. wait to get out on the field and run around and yeah. get to know and get to play with. 
And over the many years, I think I played probably around 12 years of State of Origin and, and for Australia. And, uh, you know, we'd been on tours with these guys for three months at a time. Yeah. Just amazing experiences that we have. So, you know, when you catch up with them now, you know them so well, you know. You yeah, might not see them for years, but... It's like catching up with a with a great mate again, and yeah, yeah. if you've shared so much and so many experiences. So. Absolutely, I mean, and, and the year that you come from, like playing rugby league, I mean, to, to me, that's the Tina Turner era, right? When she came here, that was the greatest thing. That's the greatest advertisement that that rugby league has ever had in Australia. Yeah, you know, sure was. Great. And they had these big buffed forwards like Rochi and Ciro and all these guys, and then there was the pretty boys, you know. <laughs> and you were one of those. Let's face it, right? But how did you go like doing those ads? Because those ads were were very ahead of themselves here in Australia. They were very Americanised. They were. It was it was a period of time where the game was going through um, a stage where it was was pretty rough and tough. Absolutely. And, but a lot of a lot of females were getting um, turned away to, from putting their kids into the sport. Yep. Because there was a lot of biff and there was a lot of head highs and it was one of those games very. Very tough, very physical, and you yeah. know you could easily understand why mums would want to let their kids play soccer or some other sports. Yeah, but um, you know they 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 decided this campaign with Tina Turner could change everything, and let's get some of the the players involved. And yeah. they hadn't done any of this stuff before, and uh, so it was really great to be involved in that whole campaign. And you know that's simply simply the best song. Yeah, uh, you know it just. It skyrocketed rugby league on a different platform. It sure did. It just it changed the whole way that that league was looked at, and and we got a lot more females watching the game, which yeah. was fantastic. And and uh, yeah, it was great to be a part of all that. Speaking of rugby league, then your greatest teammate? Oh, had so many great teammates over the years. That's the problem because I played for so long. I had uh, different eras as well. I, oh, had the, well yeah. I had the 80s and then I had the 90s. So <laughs> it was it was pretty cool to be able to play with, uh, you know, guys who I'd actually sit on the hill and watch. Like, you know, Steve Rogers was my sort of idol. Oh, yeah, I'd sit well, on the hill and watch sludge. him play. And I ended up getting to play a season with Sludge. And I played with Matty Rogers for about seven, eight years yeah, as well. Wow, so yeah. I played with father and son, which was fabulous. But um, well, the know, only problem with Matty Rogers is a freaking Queensland. You know. <laughs> I'm taking him fishing soon. He actually was on the phone today. To oh, me. was he? Yeah, he said, "I hear you're on the Gold Coast." <laughs> I went, "I went, yeah, I am." But it's going to be a bit tricky to catch up yeah. today. But I'm catching up with him and uh, and another mate, big Luke Toki, the uh, the other guy from Survivor, oh, who, yeah. who I love. Uh, over in uh, Western Australia, I'm heading over there the first week of December. And oh, nice. We're going fishing on a on a liverboard for four days, so oh. that, sh- that should be a bit of fun. If you need an anchor, let me know. Mate. <laughs> I'm home in December, so I can go. Uh, so, what about your toughest opponent? Then, like, who, uh, who did you hate coming up against? Oh, probably Mal Meninga. Yeah, you know, Big Mal. He was just so monstrous. You know, oh. you'd, you'd come up against him, and I reckon I was probably twenty stone lighter than him, and so it That's was always league, right? it was always exactly both of his legs. He knocked me out that many times he did all my major injuries he he did my neck in did my knee in um and i said you know he'd knocked me out about three or four times over the years not in a in a bad way just putting his big hip right into my head or or crunching me in tackles you know but um 
he was the toughest by far, you know. When it, I got to the stage where I was trying to work out where the hell do you tackle this guy, you know? Do you tackle him low? Do you tackle... Every time I went low, he'd put the big hip into me and I'd be in gaga land. So I worked out that if I could get my hand on the ball and hang on to that ball when he was he was running with it, hang on and drop my legs out, the ball was coming down, yep. he, was he was coming, coming down, down too. So that was, that was the only way in the end. You know, I, I can only remember ever seeing one person that had bigger legs like Randy to Mamaninga. And he was a goal kicker. I think he played oh, for yeah, the East Suburbs, 5'8". Yeah, yeah Balmain. Um, oh, Balmain. Olsen Philippana. Olsen Philippana. Remember he, him? Oh, they were chunky. Oh, they, mate. They, they were, were as big as my runs. chest, those legs. <laughs> they, were, they were insane, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mal was, Mal was amazing. And he was my Australian captain for yeah, pretty much all, all the years that I, I played for Australia and two tours. Um, you know, so it was a real, you know, it was great to be able to play against him, but even better to play alongside him. Alongside him, him yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that great footage there is uh, of you guys with Ricky Stewart playing at halfback. And I think I think uh, Mal scored the try and he was bumping guys off with his shoulders to get to the try line in England. That's one of the great footages that yeah. people will never ever forget. That and the Wally Lewis tackle and yeah. one of the Kiwis. Oh, that, that era was a pretty tough old era. And, you know, we, we played a lot of test series and only ever won them 2-1. So they, it was always one all at one stage. And, yeah. You know, it came down to the decider each time. So it was real tough going. Though, that in, the English guys could put together an incredible squad of players. And they were tough. And they right. were tough. They were hard. And yeah. I tell you, we were right. It was on the line, yeah. especially that second test each time. And, wow, you know, like uh, I remember one time there. It was probably the greatest try I was ever involved in. It went through about 20 sets of hands. And then finally come all the way back out to me and I ran down the side and kicked the ball into Cliffy Lyons, who scored under the post, and we ended up winning that match. We went on and soared and got over the top of them yep. from there. But, uh, yeah, great memories and, and, you know, lots of great memories. Oh, lots yeah. of talented players. Now, Bozo was coaching, was he? Bozo coached pretty much uh, most of most of my career for Australia. Um, Bozo was the coach. So two tours um, and a lot of other series as well. Yeah, and when we say Bozo, we mean the great Bobby Fulton. Yeah, that's right. He's one of the immortals. Of absolutely one of the immortals. And to me, one of the greatest players that went on to become a great coach. Yeah, that's right. And you don't get many of those. No. Not these days. You know, great players don't make great coaches. Well, there's a lot, of co- a lot of guys out there who have played, but yeah, it, but it's a tough... Coach, mate. It, yeah. You know what? It takes a lot of years to, to actually get into the coaching and be, be successful, you yeah. know? If we look at the guys now, you know, Laurie Daly's had some cracks. Brad Fittler's the current yep. one. Mal Meninga's been coached. You've got Dean Pay at Canterbury. Yep. You've got, uh, gosh, Ricky Stewart down Ricky in Canberra. Stewart, yeah. um, Craig, Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. Well, let's say, look, Craig Bellamy wasn't the greatest player. That's right. He was a very good player, but, yep. he but wasn't not a, great not a player, rep player. But look at him as a coach. Brilliant. Right? As a coach. I mean, look, look at Wayne Bennett. That's right. He was not a great player. Played one test match on the week, yeah. right? But, jeez, can he coach? Absolutely. You know, because when you get to that level, it's all about man managing and doing all that stuff. It's people, it's people management. That's, that's 100% exactly right, what mate. it is, getting that person. And you can yell at one and they'll either rise up or crumble. Yep. You yell at the other and they'll do the opposite. So yep. you've got to, you know, it's about people management coaching. When did you know that, well, you were still playing football when you went and started your, your TV career for fishing? How much of a crossover was it? 
Well, I'd had probably about five years of, of, of bits and pieces on television, so yeah. I'd done some things with Channel 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to, uh, we used to do a weekly uh, news piece that, were, that ran Friday nights, so, uh, right at the end of the news about what's happening this weekend. So it's a bit like a, there's a few of those shows out there now, yeah. but this yeah. was sort of just on the verge of those shows, just... Uh, um, so, you know, what's happening in around Sydney on the weekend. So I did that for a few years. Um, I did uh, The Great Outdoors, uh, different... Channel things. 7 as well. Yeah, 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 Channel 7 as well, The Great Outdoors, um, and, and a whole range of different things for Channel 9. Yep. And then, basically, I've been uh, with Channel 9 and on Channel 10 the last uh, last 20 years, yeah, so wow. it's, it's been good. Mate, and, and you do it well, I've got to say. You do do it very, very well. Oh, it's a bit of fun. The fishing, the fishing's great. It was always a passion of mine. So whenever yeah. you, whenever you're actually going to do, you know, if you're looking for success in any field, you've got to make sure that you you do enjoy doing what you're doing. Absolutely. If you enjoy it, it's going to, you know, you're going to put your heart and soul Absolutely. into it, and, and it does my, become way better. That's right. It's like me with my speaking. You know, with you with your fishing and, yep. and a whole lot of other things. Mate. You've just listened to John Kudis' Rolling Success podcast show. Hear the rest of this interview on the next episode of JC's Rolling Success show. Please make sure you subscribe to listen to all the podcasts and follow John Kudis on all social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn.